Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer. Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. We interview real gym owners. Maybe these guys are in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, I have Matt Shembrone from Cambridge, Ontario, who is the owner of CrossFit Cambridge. Matt, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where it is today. Hello, Gym Lords. I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on your podcast. Uh, this is exciting for us. Um, I am uh, in Canada. We're a Canadian uh, CrossFit gym. Uh, recent owner, just two years. Um, we're an owner. We got about 80 members currently. Um, we're uh, located uh, just outside Toronto, if you don't know where Cambridge is. Uh, the group of us uh, that we have, we have t- 12, 12 coaches, one of them full-time, uh, the rest uh, part-time, so I have secondary jobs, all uh, contract workers, uh, good group of coaches, community, uh, community members, everything that you want, you want in, in a community in terms yeah. of you know, your soccer moms uh, to your, uh, I think couples are probably one of our biggest uh, uh, membership base, uh, couples, and then families, a lot of families like coming in uh, parents and with their kids uh, which is great but uh, a strong community base uh, strong community here in cross in Cambridge so um, it's just a, a representative of what it is there and just people that uh, are trying to uh, you know take a step outside their comfort zone and um, putting trust in us to you know live a better uh, healthier lifestyle and give us an hour of their day um, just to become uh, stronger individuals, mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, and, and build on what we can as a community. Man purchases the business two years ago. What an absolute time to purchase the business in this world today. And, uh, you know, just outside of Toronto. So it's got to be a pretty interesting landscape, competitive landscape that you're dealing with out there. And it does sound like you have a nice foundation for yourself of help. You have a strong um, organization of staff and staff structure of 12 and 80 members. What's the square footage of your facility? Uh, We're 5,000 square feet, and that includes uh, a change room and then uh, a washroom, shared washroom with uh, two uh, showers and washrooms for people to use. Yeah. Hell yeah. Pretty big. Yeah. So even so the facility is probably the best thing about this place. I would say it uh, it attracts a lot of people when they come in. It's old, rustic, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, not something that's in, in a plaza anywhere. That's all it's you got to go into an industrial industry place. But that's most CrossFit gyms. eh? you're not looking for mirrors and anything. It's just it is what it is. Just uh, a lot of dumbbells, barbells and and uh, rigs. Hell yeah, brother. Love it. So so talk to us about. Uh, you know, CrossFit is group training, group classes. It's what it's known for. It's his bread and butter. Is this the only service that you're providing the, providing those 80 clients right now? Uh, currently it is. Uh, before we, we did CrossFit, we kind of uh, had uh, 
like a kids program where we kind of introduced them to the movements. Uh, we yeah. did uh, an Olympic lifting, so something outside of CrossFit, just specifically Olympic lifting. So it wasn't uh, your class setting of a CrossFit class. And we also did like yoga classes, something to get their stretching, mobility, flexibility, working on uh, all those uh, since the pandemic were put on hold and we're just focusing strictly on CrossFit and getting the, those classes back and uh, running strong before we start to add any other um, classes. Got it. Okay. So, so can you talk to us about what the current operation looks like in terms of frequency of classes throughout the day? We got a, you know, 5k square foot facility. I'm assuming let's be generous and say maybe 4k of that is, you know, phys fitness space that can be utilized. So how many classes are we rolling out? What's the daily schedule looking like and so forth? So we run classes Monday to Friday. We have uh, three morning classes. So we start 6 a.m., okay. uh, 6 a.m., 7, 15, 9 in the morning. And then uh, our evening classes start at 4, 15, uh, 5, 30, and then 7 at night. So that goes Monday to Friday. Friday, we don't do the latest class. Friday night, we kind of give the, you know, Friday night, they want to go out and do other things Friday, late Friday night. You can just tell by, you know, that class <laughs> seven yeah. o'clock, the coaches should be like, Oh, there was one person again at that, that's that, that class. And then uh, you turn over to the weekends and on our weekends, we have uh, two classes Saturday morning starting at nine and then one at 10, 15. And then Sunday we go 10 to 12. We have an open gym where we have a coach, but he's not coaching a class. People come in and they kind of work on either, um, movements that they want to work on. They can work on a class that they had missed. Uh, mm -hmm. The coach is there for advice and, and give them kind of some structure, but uh, it's not a set class. It's what they can want to do. Copy that. All right, sweet. So let's get tactical, right? Let's get engaged into, you know, what you're doing from a business ops perspective and, you know, what your beliefs are. Before we got into this, you and I had the opportunity to talk a little bit about philosophy and belief and you had indicated to me that, look, it's all about growing the community, right? So for you, how are you attracting new members right now? Um, well, social media is obviously the biggest, especially now everyone's kind of stuck at their, in their house and they can't really go out. So um, social media, word of mouth, um, anything from Facebook, uh, we do, uh, we just had a video um, created by, uh, shout out to Tyler Weiss, just created a promotional video uh, of our coaches. Um, and then, you know, word of mouth is probably number one, trying to be number one on Google. There's not too many gyms right now in CrossFit Cambridge. So you look up CrossFit Cambridge, boom, that's kind of was a selling point. Uh, mm -hmm. When I did take over the gym, it's like, should I switch it up to a different name? No, CrossFit Cambridge, that's number one on that Google search. So um, yes. I wouldn't say that mm -hmm. I am in terms of recruitment, uh, I'm the strongest uh, social media aspect. I think using my members and what they can, you know, also provide uh, the one of the best things you could do with uh, social media now is share something, right? And yes. what they're experiencing in my gym is kind of what I use as my tool because now you're not seeing it from my point of view, but you're seeing it from a point of view of someone that's actually attending my class and the more you can kind of do that I think people are now seeing a the type of people that are in the classes the type of workouts that are ha happening 
Mm -hmm. and they can actually see who's this is being shared from and those types of people you know that they can kind of relate to so they don't feel so intimidated of trying you know this workout or this this crossfit that kind of has this stereotype of being uh, the next level of fitness type thing yeah. right and uh, we want to open that door uh, to everyone and anyone doesn't matter if you're superman or homer simpson right yeah. we want uh we want that door to be open to everyone and we just want you to come walk through that door because once you walk through that door that's when we can get you because you know the community the the value of what we're putting in how we like to um you know specifically uh focus in on individuals and learn a lot about our clients and and what we're putting into that i think is is number one so that's kind of our how we try to retain people is just uh understanding our clients that walk through that door whether from you know all the workouts that they do but getting a good understanding from you know their physical background their personal background uh, what they want out of the gym and what they uh, want got from other gyms um, so almost like starting off and then using that information to to build upon so let me ask you this question. When you took over the business two years ago, how many clients did you have? How many clients did the business have? Um, so that's a good question. So it was, it was almost on like a, a downfall. And, and there was a period of time where uh, like an overlap, right? Whereas I knew I was getting this business, but I wasn't allowed to share it with anybody. So, and now I'm seeing, you know, people that weren't, too happy leave and, and go out you know somewhere else and all you could really say to them is you know brighter things are happening and but without being as specific as I could be because you know we haven't crossed uh, the t's dotted the i's yet on the final deal and you don't want to you know jump the gun just because you don't know what can happen or what obstacles can happen but uh, I had around yeah I would say 40 40 members okay so you've doubled your members in the last two years Correct. Okay, sweet. And then all of that utilizing that social media game, that organic, is that organic or is that advertising? Organic. Gotcha. Okay. So organic yeah. social media game, content creation, messaging, right? Interaction, engagement, so forth, sharing all the above. And then also word of mouth referrals, trying to weaponize your current clients to talk about you and perhaps incentivize them in a way as well. Correct. And then just having, you know, CrossFit underneath the Cambridge kind of helps too, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, when people come and they're looking at CrossFit, it, it almost promotes itself. If you go look up CrossFit, you can go and you can see, you know, what it's all about. Um, not just by going and looking at my gym specifically, but there is a, a background of CrossFit and, you know, whether you're watching the games and in the competitive world or, you know, you just want to get a little bit of information, uh, how they market themselves kind of does a little bit of marketing for all of us at the same time. So just having that, you know, CrossFit underneath our name kind of, you know, helps out as well. I've heard multiple positions regarding yeah. this specific topic right like some some crossfit owners have felt it be a barrier having that crossfit name in there because sometimes there could be a misinterpretation of what crossfit is sometimes there can be this um intimidating factor 
that occurs with the name that's behind it. And so it could potentially minimize or limit the marketplace that would be interested in your type of facility. But it sounds like for you, it's a positive thing, right? Okay, cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, I take it as a positive. I could definitely see how, yeah, I can limit, but I'm always about, you know, if you, you haven't tried it, don't, you know, put too much judgment towards it. Um, there's always something new out there for everyone. And if you want to test uh, what you're capable of, like, don't, you know, just by reading up on something, you know, go try it out before you kind of put any negative spin on anything, you know, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's, it's that's fine. Uh, and then just seeing CrossFit and I get that, you know, when you see CrossFit and you go look up CrossFit, you see first thing you see is like a Matt Frazier, like, whoa, that's way out of my comfort zone. I can tell you, 95% of my clients are not competitive people, right? They're, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're your moms and dads, uh, families, yeah, friends. People. Yeah, they're just, uh, they just want to come in and, you know, get a sweat on, move properly and prolong their active lifestyle, right? Yeah. Well, Matt, dude, didn't you just mention the problem then? It's like, if we rely on people to act maybe how we would act or how we would do things like, dude, I, I would, I'm the type of personality and individual who's like, yeah, let's go try this. Yeah. Let's go try this, that. Like, I don't know. I just want to go gain an experience somewhere. I'm going to go try something out. But a lot right. of people are like scared to do that. They don't want to waste their time. They want to know what is this? What's the message? What do you guys do? And if I don't know what that looks like, if I don't, if I'm not clear on what that is, guess what? I ain't even walking through your door. That's why marketing is such a huge thing, right? A hundred percent. And then, so, and I can take that and I, yeah, I can, you know, use that as like, okay, that's just, it's not going to work then, right? It's just because it's a problem for me. So I'm just going to, because uh, people aren't going to try me out because they don't, but <laughs> I feel like there's enough people walking through that door that I can help that, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I want to get more. Uh, mm -hmm. but not every person that walks through that door is going to be, and we talked about this kind of before, is going to be yeah. acceptable into that core group of people, right? So you're going to, every, you know, five people that come in, mm -hmm. you, you might not get, you might only get one person that's going to be a, a core member. So mm -hmm. I'm fine with the volume that's coming in right now. It's almost like, I don't mean, and you, at a certain time, if you got too many people coming in, I only have so many coaches. I only have so much time. I have classes going on. There's so many hours in a day. And what we do when we bring them in is um, we do like a foundations training. Like you're not just coming in and doing a class. You can do a trial class. But what we do is a foundations training where we do three personal training sessions that you take that give you kind of uh, the fundamentals of CrossFit. Go over what you know the movements are, just making sure that now, when you do take a class, you have a little bit of confidence in that you've learned something that you didn't know before with the, the different types of skills. You know, with all these acronyms that we live in a world of acronyms and you walk through that door, any business meeting you go to, you, you walk into a business meeting and all you hear is acronyms. You're like, what the heck is everyone talking about? Just doing a class is not going to encourage you to want to do more. So this kind of hoping that they'll go into and do this foundations training. And now it's not only that they're getting this one-on-one -on -one with a coach, a coach that's going to lead a class mm -hmm. too. So it's like, now I'm getting a personal one-on-one -on -one with a coach. And if I like that coach or 
like make a, and this is the time for us as coaches to really gather the information on, on that individual. And then from there, we can spread that information through our other coaches and then we can give them the experience and try to get them into that core number of people that are going to be coming, you know, 15 times a month. Yeah. So it's interesting to me to hear you talk about, you know, you're okay with the volume of people that are coming in, even with 12 coaches right now. So, you know, we had 40 when we bought the place, 40 new clients come in, really focused on that community, that high quality individual. So we're okay if we're not getting a bunch of people because it's not about getting a bunch of people, it's about getting the right people to come in. So for you, it's like, why isn't that happening though? At a, at a higher frequency level or a higher rated level, 40 in two years is a bit minimal. Okay. So there's a couple of things. We did have a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that kind of put a, uh, um, we did have an issue with, uh, you know, a CEO. So there was these two years would have probably, I'm, I'm expecting that that number would have been much higher. Right. And I'm a new owner. I'm, I'm learning this. This is a new road that I'm going down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you know, a road that, you know, you got to take this road yourself because there's, there's, there's a lot that went down with uh, what happened with the CEO. We don't want to get into that, but you know, uh-huh. CEO had issues and people were deaffiliating and then you get a lot of suggestions, especially or people, they want to help out, but then people that are business owners that aren't CrossFit or, and you know, they're saying, you know, do this and do that. People members are saying, how about we try this and do that? And it's easy to get derailed from what your goal was from the beginning, right? It's easy to start listening to, you know, I don't like this, how you're doing this and and do something else. But if you had, you know, I have a pathway I wanted to go on and I just continue along that pathway and I'm confident in that pathway. I mean, at the end of the day, and then, I think we talked about it before, like, yeah, I feel like the volumes coming in at the pace that I want it to come in at at the pace that I feel that's comfortable, that I can learn these individuals, I can make relationships with these people, uh, I can uh, build uh, a good community with these people. And I feel like sometimes when you're, you're almost have too many people coming in, little details can get slipped, slipped by that you're, you know, you're, you in, you know, that's when people are coming in and trying to break into that core and you'll see them kind of leave because they didn't get what they were expecting or, you know, we weren't able to, you know, hit the nail on the head because we didn't have enough information because, you know, we had three people back to back of personal training and I forgot a little bit about someone and to communicate that somewhere. So there's a line that, you know, trying to build a business um, personally, um, all, and I get it. People just want to grow as fast as possible. And, and right. And it's like, why not? Why not just more people, more, more people, because that's money in my pocket. And then I can use that money for other things. And that's, that's a fine. That's, there's no, nothing wrong with that, but that's just not the avenue that I've decided to go down. I yeah. decided that I want to <laughs> take the avenue of, you know, take my time. 
And I get, again, you know, some people don't have time. This is a pandemic that happened. This is like, what, what just went down? I need to pay bills, right? Um, but if I can take my time, I can really understand what is needed from each individual. I can really understand what is wanted from each individual. And I can really build my small core, which is even probably smaller than the 40 people we talked about. Because when we talk about core people, right? Um, yeah. I can build upon that for solid core. And then that's the number that I'm trying to grow. And it's not even just membership numbers. We're talking about core numbers. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when we were first talking about your business, before we started this uh, podcast, you had indicated to me like, look, this was going to be a vehicle for me to where I can live my life. And I think that there's a lot, that's this unique, it's not unique, it's a significant statement to make because I think a lot of our listeners and a lot of the gym owners that are tuning in, they started this business for the same exact reasons. They were passionate about it. They knew that they can make money and they can help people and they can live a pretty good damn life doing it. So for you right now, you have another job that you're working on. What has to happen in your business for you to make this a hundred percent full-time gig and be able to live the life that you've always set out to live? Right. So there's a lot of factors that go into that question. That's a, that's a loaded question because I don't want to get it. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to get into what I do on the other side, like what my other job is because we can go into what my other job is that allows me kind of to still operate a full-time CrossFit gym. Like that, that's a rarity in itself. Right. So um, yeah. being able to, you know, do two things at once. Um, I'm going to say that, that, you know, what I have in my other business, um, it gives me the time, the free time, the flexibility to be able to put a lot of effort into this, this, this gym, this CrossFit Cambridge. That's so nice. it doesn't, it doesn't make me, you know, kind of, have to because I have that secondary income and I do want to you know I do see um and it, it almost might be like I'm I've almost changed a uh, perspective now mm -hmm. that I, I'm able I've for the past two years and through a, a crazy past two years mm -hmm. I've been able to manage yeah. And I've been able to bring in some good coaches that and, and you know it's all it coaches have helped me out big time too but there's no like sight in mind for me now or date in mind. I, I think I can continue along the path that I can go and, and there's no real set goal or timeline that I have to drop one and just focus in on the other. Yeah. And, and you know what, that yeah. I can't like, that's, it's good. It's a good thing to have, but uh, I, I can't say a lot of other gym owners do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it kind of, I don't want to say lockout in that way, but it's it's a benefit for sure. Yeah, that does sound like a tremendous benefit. I don't yeah. know too many gym owners that are have the ability to, you know, do both um, right. at, at a level to where they feel like they're able to maximize the productivity in both because opportunity cost is a real thing. Right. And so I was really just honing on like what specifically about the business do you feel like or have you projected needs to occur for you to then make that particular move? You know, it could come down to 
revenue operations. It could come down to, you know, specific milestones and membership or um, whether or not you've developed, you know, multiple revenue generators for the business. And, you know, I think that that's a key thing that I'd like to transition into, you know, multiple services, because you said something interesting in terms of the onboarding process where a client will get a one-on-one with a coach that they really like, they really love that. And they become more accustomed to that individual and they feel good about going into the group training session with them. So do you feel like there's opportunity for you to create that one-on-one training service that could be a whole new avenue of income for you? Uh, 100%. And that's there. That's still like they can do personal training. And I don't think, I don't know if I mentioned that that was another option that we do have oh, okay. the personal training. Sorry, I didn't say that, but that is an option to um, the personal training. And usually people that, that do do that personal training and use that avenue yeah. are quick to jump to the community aspect. Mm. They, they get that personal training aspect, but once they start to feel comfortable in the movements in, in the coach and um, they kind of see, again, through sharing of, uh, you know, social media of other right. members, and they see who is in the class doing this stuff. Once they've developed the right skills and stuff, the next kind of stage from the personal training for them is, yeah, let's go take this to the, the, the class. Let's go into the class. And once they're into the class, now they know how, you know, the movements and all that kind of, you know, falls into place. And now they have the social aspect of that and then that grows, uh, then that's kind of the perfect scenario for us. Yeah. So out of the 80 clients that you have, how many of them are currently doing the one-on-one training? Um, uh, we have about five personal training, like just five, just okay. doing one-on-one personal training. Everybody else, they all, most of them had to start off with, the personal training to get in, like they can come do classes. Um, they do their free trial and they say, okay, let's do this personal training. So they did a three session personal training foundations before they came into uh, and stepped into the class. And that like everyone who does it, and that's kind of my selling point because it is a little bit more expensive because you're also doing a personal training and you get, uh, we add on that personal training is a, a month of unlimited classes. So people can now try classes after they've done the training or even during the training, right? Try classes. So now they have a best of both worlds. Um, We do that for a couple of different reasons. Um, One, it's schedule wise. Everyone has these different schedules and they want to see how these classes can work for them. So it gives them the opportunity to see that. Um, Another one, um, usually we don't really start the, the one month unlimited until your third class or personal training session is over. So they do get that full month of now trying to see. And then they have that option of, do we go to back to the personal training or do we go into that community? And I'm going to say 100% of my clients don't go back to the personal training and they just take the community aspect. So to like wrap up the show, I want to ask you these two final questions, which are, which are pretty, uh, significant in my in my position from what i've heard you talk about and you know the development of your business it sounds like you're really beta testing some things as well right looking into what's working what doesn't working what's creating the the high quality community which is really the primary focus 
So with the one-on-one -on -one thing people are opting away from, do you feel like there's revenue that the business is missing out on or even market share that the business is missing out on because of those individuals that want that one-on-one -on -one personal touch? Um, yeah, absolutely. There could be. And, and yeah, I agree with that. Um, the one-on-one -on -one personal training also comes down to another thing is issue is a, a timing issue. And what I have, like you can only, yeah. and we don't want to have too many personal training classes when a class is going on, right? That's pretty yeah. distracting for, it's no longer a personal training session, yeah. right? So um, there's, there are limitations to, and that kind of takes away again, like you got your weekends that you can do outside of our class hours or yeah. you got during the day. Um, and a lot of people aren't available during the day. Um, that's usually when we do most of our personal training session. Um, so that kind of puts up the obstacle there. So it's just like, almost like you have to choose between one or the other. And then once they can get, and we actually can get them into the classes, they prefer the classes anyways. I, I always encourage my coaches because they do get paid more money to do a personal training session. I don't do any, I don't do anything. So if you guys want to, you know, promote, and there's another thing, like my coaches like to coach the classes just as much as they like to do personal training. I do have one full-time coach who he's more of the personal trainer and he tries to, so it's almost like I let my coaches kind of do yeah. their own advertising for each. And like, if you want to become a personal trainer, come to my class, I'm going to take you on. So now I have 12 people that I personally, I'm not promoting them. They're promoting themselves. Right. Coaches in, in one stance, though, also have, uh, they have other jobs as well. So that's another, you know, they have, this isn't their main source of income. They do this to same reason I do this to have, you know, to help people out to, and they like to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so there are limiting factors to that. Uh, you only have so much time in a, in a day in the gym. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and a lot of our time, even during the day, uh, you notice that when I said my schedule, I don't have classes during the day, like yeah. in, in the center of the day. Right. And there, there's a, there's a reason for that. I, I, that's when my coaches go in and they, and they coach and work out together and they build and they're critiquing each other and they're building. Uh, and that's a community in itself. And we're talking about, you know, what, what member does what, and, you know, so there's a, there's a time of, of time where, and it's almost <laughs> the best time of my day when I get to go and interact with my coaches and we build, and there's another community inside the community and we're building on, um, you know, talking about, you know, so-and-so and how are they were lifting or what they yeah. didn't like to do. And then that just makes the coaches better. Right. I just, and not only that we're coaching each other and I'm learning, Oh, how, how, how he coaches a certain way. How, so it's, I like to have that during the day for, yeah, the personal training, but also and my coaches really love that as well. Got it. Yeah. I love that. And to wrap up the show, if you were able to go back to your younger self, maybe two years ago, right? You're a personal trainer. You, you were adding a lot of elements, a lot of value to this business to enough to make the owner come to you and say, look, you want to purchase this thing? Let's go. So if you could go back to that time, right, and be able to speak to that younger person, knowing what you know today, what's the number one piece of advice you would give your younger self? 
knowing what I knew a uh, pandemic was coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, don't do it. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know what? Um, I think uh, the piece of advice I'd give is almost like the piece of advice I followed. And it's, it's have your mindset and your goals on, you know, and you're going to hear, and I, I, you get, you get advice from everywhere. You get all alternate gym owners giving you advice and that's great. Those are all great. But each and as, as we're all CrossFit gyms, but they're each individual gyms. So um, what I would say is, you know, there were some points in time where, you know, that there's a lot of pressure on you to make the right decision. And uh, there were points in times where I was just like, am I doing like, did I just shut this down? I would just say, just be more confident in the decisions that you make, Got right? It. Stay <laughs> along your path. Um, there's going to be suggestions. Um, but if you have yeah. a goal in mind, if you can travel down that pathway and yeah. I mean, maybe it won't work and you have to take a left or a right turn somewhere, Yeah. but that's how you become better as an owner and as an individual and um, using information along the way, but being confident enough in yourself and especially someone that's new to a business owner that you're just at the very beginning, there's a lot of questioning. There's yeah. a lot of, am I doing this? Is like, are you happy? Are you happy? Is, am I doing something wrong? Like, and then like at this point of time, I'm just focused on like, like moving forward. And yeah. like now the, I'm so much more confident in the decisions I'm making because I'm seeing the progress that we've, we've actually cool. after this pandemic and I'm seeing the community build and we just had our Christmas party and I'm seeing the individuals and the love and, um, and probably, yeah, the, the number one thing is just, you know, the good people that it's brought into my life and the good people that uh, or the support I've gotten from my wife, my family um, yeah. to help me through this whole process. Just be confident in yourself and your decisions. Uh, mistakes are going to happen along the way. Um, take the take advice from other individuals uh, as it comes. Uh, use that device to strengthen your path, but not deter or send you along a different pathway. But uh, be confident in what you're doing. Yeah, well said, man. I like that. Strengthen your path, not set you on a new path, right? Be a complementary piece to you, not change the entire landscape or the change model, the entire model of what you're doing. So that's really good stuff, brother. Matt, I appreciate you today. Jim, Lord Nation, I know I speak for you guys when I say it's been an absolute pleasure having Matt on today. And guys, do not forget, if you like what Matt and I had to say, smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, guys, take care, and we will see you next time. Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. 
I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Enrico Martinez, owner of Refined Muscles in New York City. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well, doing well. Excited to do this. I am super pumped. Let's dive right into it. Tell us about, about Refined Muscles, what your business model is, how you're set up to, uh, to change the world a couple people at a time there in New York. Right. So we're a private training facility specializing on one-on-one individualized programming and training. We do have some virtual clients around the U.S., but our bread and butter is in-person training, which obviously through the course of COVID has been a challenge to say the least, but we opened our doors officially September of this year, leveraging the depressed costs of rental prices here in New York City. Now, one of the things that you know we're really taking advantage of with regards to such a small footprint, our gym is only about 900 square feet of a training area, so that doesn't really lend itself to big group classes or anything like that. On the flip side, it creates a pretty exclusive training experience for you know, the people in this area. You know, we have some people that travel, but for the most part, you know, it, it serves as kind of a escape from the density of what Manhattan typically is anyway. And we give that experience to our clientele along with very bespoke customized training to each of their needs. Awesome. Awesome. And, and you are one of several partners who, who are together on this business. Some of you with, you all have training backgrounds in the fitness industry, but you specifically came out of the, the finance world, correct? Yeah. So I graduated with a master's in accountancy from Baruch College here, the business school. Um, and from there, I went into the banking world at UBS and from there, so I would specialize in state and local taxation. Afterwards, I went into private equity, where um, ultimately I helped put a few power plants into the world. Fantastic. So a lot of gym owners, fitness pros, people in different facilities, they get their business education trial by fire. So coming in with a, a different background, I think it's going to give you a different perspective on the way that, that we look at some of the different functions of a business. So I want to dive into it and, and talk about the way that you see things in their, their interrelation as far as the finances, the lifeblood that, you know, we're all here to help people change lives, but the lifeblood of a business has to be finance because if you can't pay the bills, you can't help anybody because you're out of business. So, Absolutely. so I want to, I want to kind of go through the typical life cycle, how we look at it. Um, your, your background um, personally in, in finance and accounting, is anybody on your team um, come from the marketing world, marketing, advertising, anything like that? Unfortunately not, which that makes it the, one of the bigger challenges that we face. Um, and so, for example, I, am, I typically take the lion's share of marketing efforts with regards to you know, social media, video production, uh, making sure our, um, our exercise library of videos for our virtual clients is up to date and at, you know, of high quality and things like that. But I learned how to do video production during COVID. So, you know, I'm not an expert at that. Did I take marketing? Absolutely. It's part of business school. Was I a good marketing student? Sure. <laughs> sure. But, um, you know, definitely not our bread and butter. Um, now, fortunately though, one of the things that you mentioned was like my different perspective on things. 
And part and parcel to that is my viewpoint and focus on creating systems and adjusting the environment to suit our needs. And in, in that, like one of the big things that I'm looking to do from a marketing perspective may less be the traditional Instagram, Facebook type of thing, even though, yes, we have to do it. Absolutely. But, you know, establishing connections and uh, networks with other professionals in the field are really important for me. Like I've already scouted that there is a martial arts school that's opening up nearby. I fully intend on shaking hands with them and seeing if we can work on a partnership. And similarly, I have, you know, I go to networking events with, with other professionals on a regular basis. I've done business panel talks that, uh, you know, uh, give me the opportunity to get in front of other professionals and whether they're potential clients or potential institutional relationships, I think that will be really useful for our growth. Yeah, absolutely. And in having, you know, being in an early growth stage of the business, I think it's always important, but knowing like, Hey, I'm going to have to do some work, some boots on the ground, hand to hand combat, whatever you want to call it definitely is something where, you know, New York is very neighborhood based, right? Every neighborhood could be its own little, you know, world into itself and, and having those strategic partnerships. Um, and then you get into, into the, the things that I think, um, I think you probably speak the language of ROI, right? Whether it's ROI on time, ROI on dollars. And I really want to get into the, the interrelationship of marketing and sales. So, where you are, you know, poised for, for growth, for helping more people, for, for bringing the business through different stages. Have you started to look at the relationship between really getting out the messaging for the type of client you want to attract, right? You have your ideal client avatar and, you know, for you, a lot of times that is the kind of the busy professional, the, the type of people who live in that, in the UES, that, that thing and what they're looking for. So how to connect what you want your business model to be with messaging that you're putting out over social media, over advertisement, things like that, and, and how they relate. Have you spent a lot of time looking at, at that connection? Yeah, so we definitely went through that exercise amongst ourselves of, like you said, the, the ideal client. Who, who do we want to be serving? Uh, and how do we best connect with that type of client online? Um, some feedback we've gotten from our newer clients has been that we seem to be striking a good chord with that. Like they felt once they like some parts of our social media, like, oh, that's, that's a little tense. And then they go onto the website and they're like, oh, these people seem like great people to work with. Like they're down to earth. Like, oh, this guy has cats. That's great. Or this guy plays video games. That's, you know, he's a normal person. <laughs> cool. Um, and so, yeah, we did. Uh, we did try to make efforts towards catering our message towards what the brand represents, for example, and also who, who our target demographics are, right? Because it's, I, Vincent and I, we come, my business partner, Vincent and I, we both come from martial arts backgrounds. And so there's, it's very easy to speak a language that is not normal for people in the Upper East Side of New York City. And so periodically I take a step back and go, oh, okay, well, this is, this probably is a bit aggressive for like, you know, the doctor who's coming through our doors, right? And especially 
there's there's a there's three hospitals that are right around us and so appealing to people that work in the medical field is something to consider for us right and we don't want to have like over aggressive messaging and things like that at the same time and speaking in terms of health and wellness probably speak that language a little bit better as far as like targeting people that work office jobs well you know work from home nowadays but office jobs nonetheless um speaking to the typical aches and pains that those people probably go through on a regular basis. I, I can speak for that myself. I was in the account for years and years and years. I sat at a desk for 10 hours a day. When I worked at Equinox, we had a trader meeting once and you know they gave a case study of like, oh, your client sits for eight hours a day. Don't, don't move. What do you think? Everybody in the room went, oh, oh. And I was like, what? I did that? I'm strong as shit. Like, what, what's the problem? But to be fair, right, it, you know, it comes down to having the right language. I'm, I'm sure there's room for improvement that we can have, but um, it's a consideration for sure. And I think it's very important that you speak the language of your, of who you are serving in your community. Absolutely. So I want to, you can't have marketing and sales in a vacuum by each other. They, they're so closely tied. Can you walk me through what your sales process is, what it looks like once somebody does respond to your messaging and ends up, if, if it's you who does, you know, new client intake, consult, whatever you call it, or whomever it is, what does the process look like? So the three of us that are in facility and serving as the trainers, coaches for our clientele are the same ones that end up uh, onboarding potential new clients. Right, so we always start things off with an initial interview that will probably lead right into a physical assessment so that we can better speak to what their goals and needs are. Because some people come in with something as vague of, a, of an idea as, oh, I just wanna get fit or I just wanna get toned. Okay, sure, um, what, what does that mean to you? Like a common question we ask is, how do you define fitness? And for everybody that comes out as a different thing and some people aren't ready for that conversation but that's one of the things that we're working on on our side to be able to have that conversation better and better as we get the reps in per se um but so initial interview make sure we get their get them to tell us what their background is any issues and really hone in on what they want and then we take them through a physical assessment nothing crazy it's usually most people don't need to be stress tested for us to give them programming. Some people do. Uh, we recently got someone that's prepping for his first Ironman. So, well, we kind of have to know certain things before we, we establish programming. Um, but, you know, let's say you're typical, like corporate executive, or I guess that's not typical in of itself, but whatever. Some, some person that works at an office, let's see where their mobility problems are. We, we take them through that. And then have a conversation with here's your plan like we're gonna we're gonna delve into this talk about it as a team get back to you with a, a proposed solution if you're on board with that solution you know then work with us because that's you you agree we agree this is the answer to get you to your goals that's all i care about and then from there we sign them up onto whatever is the most reasonable package for them um we don't we discourage a la carte session ordering Frankly, experience has shown us that like anyone that's trying to buy a session here, there, as like non-committal, they're not going to be successful. And I'm not here just trying to collect funds from people. 
I'm trying to get people to a success point so that, you know, like, hell, who needs marketing when you have word of mouth up here? That it's a big thing. People talk like, and that was part of our marketing strategy too, to try to start engaging with the local brands and, and influential people up here or so forth and so on. But be that as it may, that's typically our, our process where uh, consulting conversation, movement assessment, results review and presentation. And then from there, they'll usually say, oh, you guys are really great. So when can I start Thursday? Oh, okay. <laughs> and if that's one of the advantages, right? If there's, you know, I was like to say, find the silver linings in the COVID cloud, you end up in a small facility. So you're not ever going to have 500 people running through your doors. Right. So you can, you're forced to be selective in who you choose as client base. You can pick one niche and stick to it. And for you specifically, it's people who are going to be results driven, who aren't just looking for membership, who don't, who just aren't looking to say, oh yeah, yeah, I have a member, you know, I do something, right? But not actually coming in with a results focus, right? Yeah. People who are like we require commitment. <laughs> motivated. So, you know, and there's different ways in, you know, <laughs> From a, a subjective point of view, I can't say that it's right or wrong to sell somebody just a membership versus selling results. Statistically, I can say one seems to work a lot better for the client and the business. So when it when you drill down into it, somebody comes in and you're selling them, and and I don't I, I, I hate to use the word sell, right? Because it's not a sale, but it is, right? On the in its purest form. But you're, yeah, you're absolutely. Them towards what they need, right? You're helping them buy what they need to get results. So when somebody comes in, are they, are you doing something where you say like, Hey, for this goal, we're going to set this smart goal or this time, time bound thing. I need you to commit to me that, you know, you're going to give this three times a week for six months you know, whether you have a contract or not, I don't care because contracts generally aren't, aren't worth anything. Uh, you don't want somebody who's not around, but to say like, Hey, this is what it's going to be. You know, your three times a week sessions, it's going to cost you $1,500 a month. I'm making up numbers here. If anybody's listening, don't quote me. <laughs> and we're just going to go, we're going to assume that you're going to stick with this and we're going to start billing you monthly and let's schedule your sessions. Is, is that how it looks or is it, a, is it different? It's not too far off in that our, our, um, our billing system is based on subscriptions. Okay. So the agreement is that you're going to get X amount of in-person training hours, right? And you pay this amount per month. And it, de it, depends, on, um, it depends on what your level of commitment is. If you're coming in twice a week, uh, three times a week, one time a week, right? So if you're going to commit more, then your quote per session rate goes down because that's easier for us to plan for. Um, and, you know, however the scheduling turns out, you know, we, we work with a lot of people that have uh, busy schedules, whether they have to randomly fly out for an event or hell, even if it's just kids, <laughs> like your kids throw wrenches into schedule all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, or even like I had mentioned people in the medical profession, emergencies come up. That's nature of working with a doctor, isn't it? Uh, so various words in the world are on call, I think. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, so we're upfront with our clientele that this is a subscription-based uh, uh, billing type of situation. And in the background, what that does for us, like I, I strongly try to disassociate our economic relationship with our clients with the in-person time. And that's why I talk about it as, oh, this many hours as opposed to this many sessions per se, right? Because I've told clients before, I'm like, hey, look, if what you need is a 45 minute session, all right, well, you're, you still pay for the eight hours and we could figure out the right timing for that, right? Instead of locking you in for, oh, it has to be an hour or it has to be two hours or it has whatever it is, right? Uh, it comes down to, hey, what do you need? Uh, let's price it out that way. And then I, I really push for them to understand that it's a process driven thing too. Like we can't like, you know, on our side, we're going to do all the background work, especially, you know, we take a very team-based approach to finding these solutions for our clients. I, you know, so, you know, the background work, the conversations we have, the meetings we have for each of our clients, that's not a thing that they ever have to see, but that's part of what you get. Right. And each of my clients or each of our clients actually really has all our contact info. So the moment anything happens there, we're just a text, email, phone call away, really. And we, we establish that type of rapport with our clientele. Yeah. And, and subscription-based model in a results-focused environment is my personal favorite, right? Because it allows you as a business to have predictable revenue versus I'm going to exactly. sell you 10 sessions and then we'll just use them. And then I'll ask you if I can run the credit card again. And right. all that. I, I wanted to reduce the amount of friction that any of our clients had with one paying us. And also like, what, what is this relationship? Like if as easy as now, some people do they prefer paying cash? Sure. <laughs> but as long as, <laughs> you know, fine. That's the general exactly. model, right? The general model is you need to do this to get the results you want. Yeah. It's going to cost you this much of a, per month. We'll, we'll call it monthly. What, yeah, I don't know, yeah. monthly, weekly, bi-weekly. We do monthly, yeah. So <laughs> who knows? But yeah, so it's going to cost you this much and you take, you're taking sessions out of it. Like you're going to pay us $1,500 a month. That's going to include your in-person ses sessions, your online support, your coach support. It's a package. It's everything you're getting and this is what it costs. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, just all part and parcel to getting to your goals. It's not trading three hours a week for X amount of dollars. So exactly. And I, I borrow, I borrowed this from my corporate experience, right. You know, working with other people in the finance world, like, you know, clients would pay a retainer fee to lawyers or what have you. And then no, I mean, yeah, lawyers will look at how many hours or anything is because billing is, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're looking at employees and stuff too, like I was on salary forever, right? So like, what do I need to do to get my client like the results that, that are needed? Well, okay, well, I know I'm getting paid X amount, so I just need to get the results done. And I, that's the mindset that I want for our clients where, okay, we agree you're paying this amount and I'm going to be working my ass off to get you these results. You don't need to know what those hours are. Like whether I'm hyper efficient and I can do that quickly, great for me. <laughs> if if you're if you have a complicated thing, I will sit down and start 
pouring through case studies to figure out what the answer is, right? Um, but yeah, that's how, that's one of those systems driven things that I try to address with, you know, how I've developed the systems around our organization. Yeah, and professionals, I think your target demo probably understands that in a different way than, not to say that some people couldn't, but it really, it's easier to make that connection of like, hey, you're not paying me for me to tell you to do more squats. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're paying me, right? You wanna be here, you're here, I, right? I'm gonna take you on this ride. And as yeah. long as I get you there, this is what's gonna cost. Is it worth that to you? Yes, all right. I'm gonna do everything I need to do. And for you as a business owner, if your price points don't support the amount of work you need to do to make it worth it, that's a you problem. You got to fix that, right? <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, you either got to get faster or whatever. Right. It all comes, it's, it's, not, it's not the client's concern. So it lets you have consistency in the business, knowing, all right, this is, this is the amount of reliable revenue that I can build everything upon. And, and it, makes, it gives you stability, which in turn lets you be there for the client and not be thinking about, oh, it's session number six. I got to make sure that I really kick his butt this time because I want him to buy six more. Right, stuff. right, exactly. <laughs> that, that mumbo jumbo out of it. Um, yeah, I try to make that part as painless as possible. About the results, right? Yeah. Once it's like, all right, that part's done. We don't really have to sit down and talk about that. No, granted, you made the, the example of an attorney. Sometimes you pay an attorney or a retainer and there's some wild stuff going on. They're like, hey, we got to, we got to do a little extra, right? Maybe we right. need to adjust what you need. It's going to tweak it. You know, you're, you're going to have to pay us a little more because I need to see you more, whatever it is. But yeah, yeah. Well, you get that out of the way and then you can just get down to the business of results. So exactly. um, I think I, I like that model. And where I see the relationship with that with marketing is, right? It, unless you're, unless you're, you know, just have some wildly successful word of mouth, there's usually a budget involved in marketing, right? Word of mouth costs you time, doesn't cost you a lot of money. Advertising in some way, shape or form, it, it costs you money, right? There's, there's an investment that eventually gets made somewhere. And even if it is just time, your time has value because you're getting paid something. So it lets you have a more predictable expectation of what happens when someone comes in, right? Where if you know, all right, the average person, um, you know, like Coca-Cola can afford to spend $250 before they even make you a customer, right? Because you're going to spend $10,000 with them in your lifetime. Right. Small fitness facilities don't have that same <laughs> All right. Brand awareness isn't as important as, as again, going back to ROI in the, in the short and long term, where you can say, all right, the average person is going to sign up and you know, we'll just throw a number out there again. You know, they're going to give me $2,000 on day one for their first month. So I know that it costs me this much to acquire them, right? Maybe to get your target demographic, to get the message out there, the combined efforts cost you $1,000. You're like, all right, cool. Now I don't have an ad budget. I have, this is just my investment. I'm getting it back on day one. This is what my incremental cost of new, new client servicing is it just lets you be so much more predictable and methodical in how you acquire customers. And predictability is one of the key factors to running a smooth business, right? Like if, you know, having, having an understanding of your costs and revenues allow you to make either 
different decisions with regards to like positioning or investment ideas. You know, and when I say investment, it could come down to infrastructure. Like, oh, someone wants a leg press thing. Well, okay, well, <laughs> what's that going to do? Like, do we, do we, is that the thing we need? Is that like, you know. And, and you have, you know, coming from your background, all right, I need this expensive piece of equipment. All right, I can amortize this. I can depreciate it. What's the short and long-term value going to be? The same way you can say, all right, I'm bringing in 10 new clients a month. You know, I know my incremental cost of servicing them is, is X. It's going to bring in $15,000 in the front end. If I spend $15,000 or less in marketing, in advertising, in up, up staffing people to do it or paying someone to go to events, I haven't lost anything on the front end. And then month two, you get I'm, I'm positive, right? right? Ideally, you'd like to be positive from day one, but Ideally. you know, right? Versus... You know, companies, you know, if you have a bigger budget or you, you know, you're looking at it, it might, if it takes you 30, 60, 90 days, you, you have to be so much more aware of, of where every penny is going. So there's, there's that constant flux, but being aware of it and having predictable revenue is just like, it's, it's like a testosterone shot in a workout. It's right. just like, oh, this gives me the peace of mind to know what. And to, to that point, I think that's why. I've said before that social media isn't exactly my strongest suit, but that's where it gets challenging because the investments related to social media based uh, advertising, you, we've seen the benefits of it for sure, but like, it was like, it lags in a, in a, in a very weird way. Like sometimes we get a, you know, we do one piece of thing on social media next week, we see an uptick in people signing up for assessments. Cool. Or we do like a whole campaign of things and then things don't look like anything changed. And then three months later, someone walks in the door and is like, oh, I saw this thing on Instagram and that's why I'm here. I'm like, oh, oh, that worked. I just told everybody I was going to slow down. <laughs> exactly. So I, I love that you, you're looking at the big picture and see you can't turn one lever without it, it needing to have some corresponding at least fallback or plan of what's the possible thing that's going to happen when I did this, right? You can't, none of these, none of these things happen in a vacuum. So absolutely. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of, you know, one of the things that popped into my head is you being a, a personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching facility in a small amount of square footage. And right now you're, you know, you're, you're not up against it, but I always, I like to talk about the future and just, sometimes plant seeds or see where things go. And I think it's beneficial for you and the listeners. Have you gotten to the point yet where you've thought about what do I do when, when the place is packed out, when I, I can't, when everybody's schedule is full, I know that, that you all run, you know, you're, you're in demand enough that you all do have people on your roster. You're working on the business as much or more as in the business. Do you see anywhere down the line where you may go to a semi-private model, a two-on-one, a, you know, you're never going to be a big group coaching facility, but in your current space, um, are you always going to be exclusively one-on-one -on -one, or do you think that you're going to want to figure out a way to still deliver the client value and experience that you have, but leverage a little more time into a two-on-one, three-on-one situation? Absolutely. Um, that's definitely in my uh, sights already. Um, 
on the smaller scale of things, like we're already talking about campaigns for doing like wedding prep type of couples workout situations, just because, I mean, hell, I'm getting married in exactly one month. So, right. <laughs> so I'm quite aware that there's a lot of wedding stuff going on between 2021, 2022. And yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're in discussion about that, like what the proper pricing for that type of stuff would be. Um, that's straightforward and easy as far as I'm concerned. That's just a moderate shift in, um, and just a little bit more management of space. Like how, you know, how do we show this on our acuity scheduling so that we're not overbooked with people in a given space? That's as far as I'm concerned, easy. Um, the, the other thing I would, I want us to start moving towards in, in the longer run, especially as the brand grows, as, as our recognition grows, reputation grows, is that I think a lot of the lessons that we have, we are learning in, in our process could be really useful for other ind independent personal trainers to get a handle on, whether it's our our approach to programming, our approach to client management, our approach to habit change policies and strategies, right? Like, I think I'd want to start um, building up workshops and seminars of some sort to help other trainers be higher quality trainers on average, right? Because not every trainer, so I, I came from Equinox and I give them credit for many things. I, I don't agree with them on all things, but one of the things that they did really well was that they created a, a fitness training institute that they take all their new trainers through. And that at least, was everybody a good student in that? No, like you're, you're dealing with people, right? There's a range of things and people learn differently. But like to have that and not have to work for a big corporation, whatever, I think we could provide very solid, um, you know, uh, provide a solid resource for other professionals in our industry, um, at least up here in, in the New York area. If we eventually can branch out into like hosting seminars elsewhere, great, that'd be fine. Um, that's down the line. And the other side of it too, though, is that I think with our background being such indiv individualized training, I'm, work I'm, I'm working on a way to digitize that custom personalized thing so that we can move into the digital sphere and create as just as personalized of a programming situation for individuals like you know i know that there's a lot of people selling online programming there you know, all that stuff does exist but i think i can create something different is ultimately where i'm getting at and, and that would be a great way for us to scale and you know further break away from just having in-person sessions. Because at the end of the day, I can very well see us being fully booked, the three of us. Then what's the next step? Hiring people? Yeah, that could be a thing. But what if the gym is fully booked up anyway? Okay, now we're at space limitations. Now to your point, right? Moving into this idea of like multiple people things, that's a thing, that's a possibility. But my home run that I'm looking at is digitizing the lessons we've learned and giving providing that as a resource to either new clientele like that want to get fit or other trainers that you know could really learn from whatever experience that we've had in dealing with your 
very customized programming needs, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think the two things that are always the biggest hindrance in a facility moving from one-on-one -on -one personal training to scale, uh, there's probably two and then like 2A. One is trainer ability, right? So some people can train one person and it's fantastic. And then you add a second person and that, and nobody feels like they're getting good quality. So having trainer ed, it forces you in two ways. One, you have to be really confident in who you are as a trainer to say, <laughs> let me train you. But one of my favorite lessons that one of my mentors always says is teachers learn twice, right? Or learn. Absolutely. So it's, it's always going to reinforce those values and, and doing the basics and um, you know, I love these little anecdotes that come from different sports worlds and corporate world, you know, um, what Mike Tyson's early trainer, Customato used to have him train and the new kids that came in and somebody said like, he's, he's on his way to world championship. Why do you have him work with brand new people? And Cust said, so he never doesn't do the basics <laughs> if he doesn't do it. Right. And you can love or hate Mike Tyson for various reasons, but you can see where some of his, his fundamentals came from a mentor who saw that, how important it is that if you get the opportunity to teach, you can up your game at the same time. So I think you have that in spades. The only other thing that usually limits somebody from moving from that one-on-one -on -one to very, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't like one-on-five, one-on-six, one-on-seven. At that point, you're group training. One-on-two, one-on-three, right? It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just a different conversation for me is the other thing is just how to how to present it to people right, right? you say you know doing it as couples workouts or buddy workouts or how do you tell somebody you know the advantages are you're really going to get the same amount of attention because nobody needs somebody in their back pocket for an hour or however long the session is but we're going to give you a little bit of maybe a, a little bit of an economic benefit and also you're going to help our trainers scale their business so that they can be ultimately more fulfilled and give you better sessions, right? And it's how do you package that and show people that? Um, and also tackling the hurdle of when those two people have either vastly different physical constraints, like their assessments are wildly different or their goal sets are completely different. Then to be fair, that's pretty common, right? You, you get the guy that wants to look a little more muscular and you get the girl that wants to be thinner. It's like, okay, those are very different dietary constraints. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if you have a trainer that's got the skill level, they can, man I mean, the logistics have to be right. There's certain people yeah. you're not ever going to pair together unless you want to go out of business quickly. But <laughs> those, those, those things, you know, are the, are what really, what go hand in hand with scaling that. And I think the other thing that's coming to play more with the pandemic that you're going to be able to weave into it is some sort of hybrid training. Right. We're maxed out. You know, I say to you, you know, Enrico, like you're coming three times a week, you're crushing it, but you're probably doing well enough that you could come in for two sessions a week. Maybe we scale back the cost for you. Maybe we don't. I mean, who knows? You could just roll with it. But really, <laughs> like, Hey, you know, it's all in the presentation. Absolutely. You know, but you make room in the gym. You know, if you move, let's say the average clients doing three in-person sessions, if you can move them to two in an online session, I'm not really that great at math, but I think that's a 33% increase in capacity mm -hmm. just by flipping the switch to that hybrid 
adds a little operational complexity, but you already have some of the basics in place for that. So again, allows you to scale without going to that bigger space, second location, overpacking the gym. So those Unfortunately, things- we're, we're, we're continuing along with uh, virtual one-on-one with a number of people because frankly, some of our clients haven't come back to New York City yet. <laughs> They're still at wherever they happen to be. Yeah, I mean, I was I was just in the city and I looked out my window and there's the these three beautiful, very obviously well stocked, you know, twenty story office towers, and I didn't see soul. You know, I saw a cleaning person, and you know, I think it looked like maybe you know, you know, somebody who may have forgotten something at their desk. You see one strange person right. walking through, and it's like, other than that, nobody's nobody's in these buildings. So. Um, yeah, it's a, a lot has changed in the city, um, and it's a it's a big challenge to overcome with regards to like you know who's back and how much how much density are we dealing with. But again, that was very much how we were able to leverage getting our physical space and location. Otherwise, I mean, affording anything in New York City could have been uh, near impossible unless I went down the venture capital round and tried to get someone to give me a couple mil. it's you know there are people who are still still doing that and you know we you know we lost in the industry a third of fitness facilities through covid and i bet you in the city um it was probably more than that i bet you it was closer 40 50 percent when you can't walk through a neighborhood and not see a storefront that clearly was a gym might still have all the equipment in it that people just walked away from so Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot going on there so i know you um you have a dietitian who's one of your partners who's on staff and you've moved that into kind of him working with you and the team and the trainers and you do provide to your clients nutrition wherever they are you're meeting where meeting them where they are on that you know and that's that's something that you already have rolled out do you have anything else layered in or in the plans to layer it in whether it's partnering with a meal prep company or selling a supplement line that you believe in or, or anything else uh, to add value to the clients that also adds revenue into the business and, and kind of supercharges their, their progress has a little, a more holistic effect with the, the, uh, the training. So to an extent, like those institutional type of relationships are things that I'm always looking for. In fact, I'm going to a networking event on tomorrow evening um, hopefully working with, uh, you know, meeting people across different industries at, at the highest levels, just so that I can potentially shake the right hands and create those types of things. I'm not averse to it. I would, I think you're correct in that trying to establish those, uh, to an extent, different verticals, as it were, uh, is really important for us to make sure that we have a base level of revenue continuing. I think part of that, though, gets back to also continuously pushing towards good marketing, because a lot of those brands ultimately will care more about whether or not, like, what is our what is our online presence uh, feel like, um, how how much brand recognition do we have, um, and so I think we're we're a little bit away still from that, you know, I I'm a hundred percent okay to sit down and talk to people like I've uh I'm in the midst of conversation with a media production company and I might 
get myself on TV. That's you know, I'm, uh, but and maybe that will help um, uh, kind of boost our presence and those institutional relationships will start coming to us. So absolutely, I'm not closing the doors on that whatsoever. I mean, hell, I got tapped on the shoulder to comment for CNN the other day. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna spend some time on this. And if you guys use any of my quotes, fantastic, because now we're, we're getting that and that's what can lead to these same thing, right? If a supplement, if I, I've been drinking Optimum Nutrition Protein for since I was in high school. If they came up to me like, hey, Rigo, you, you guys want to hold some optimal nutrition stuff and push that on our website? They're like, sure. Yeah, 100%, right? Um, and at that same time, like you mentioned, if it's a brand that we trust and, you know, can get behind, because I wouldn't, I'm not just going to willy-nilly tie our brand to whatever company. Hell, even coming onto the podcast, I did my due diligence on you guys. <laughs> As you should, right? Right. <laughs> If somebody finds out that you're on, you know, on the steal from your clients and, you know, and, <laughs> and cause as many injuries as you can podcast, you know, that's, that's a bad look. Right. Exactly. You know, um, even when it comes to any of the local business businesses around here that I want to shake hands with and things like that, you know, I go through a process of doing some research to see like where they, you know, are they a trustworthy group? What have you, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's a thing coming down the pipe. In fact, I'm in discussions for not quite uh, on the supporting health and wellness side of things, but you know, I am in the Upper East Side of New York, and uh, fashion is kind of a thing. So I'm in talks of changing the face of um, uh, what athletic wear can look like. Oh, I think you're on mute. You have your. Uh your eyes and ears open to all of the possibilities, all of the big functions of business, whether you're doing them yet or not, you at least see the big picture and where you need to be. So we are starting to, to run down on time here and we've covered a lot of things. My biggest interest, my biggest curiosity now is, is there anything else unexplored that you have on your radar, other things that you're looking at, um, plans for the next, two, three, five years for, you know, for the business, for yourself as an entrepreneur, like, what do you, what do you have on the table? What else is, is going to be on your agenda? I think, I mean, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but one of the big things that is on my table is going to be moving to like some form of digitiz digitization of our experience and our value set. And, you know, Right now in the market, it looks in the form of online programming and like, you know, once a month touch points or what have you. But at the end of the day, like using programming algorithms, things like that, it might give the opportunity to provide super high quality bespoke training, you know, accessible from anywhere and with the right guidance, especially as we transition into certain virtual spaces with regards to how we consume information. Um, there might be opportunities there. Uh, I'm not closing my eyes to how, you know, as we approach the next generation of internet, speed of information travel is going to fundamentally change how we interact with information, right? And so there are going to be different opportunities 
for people to learn, you know, about health and wellness, about fitness, nutrition, exercise science, and things like that. And I want to be on the pulse of that. Obviously being connected to the right people is going to be the challenge because there's a lot of tech oriented around this, but, and New York isn't known for its, the tech savviness. We're not Silicon Valley, right? Um, but, you know, you don't, you'd be surprised if you meet in, you know, up and around this neighborhood. <laughs> you never know. So yeah. if you want to be in New York, it doesn't matter where the rest of it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, that's, that's the big thing that I see coming down the pipe that I want the brand to be a part of, because I think fundamentally the one-on-one -on -one training thing, it will always exist. And, um, it's a very important thing for a lot of people because no matter what, even in my world of going digital, some people need someone to be physically right there. And, um, I don't know if, uh, you know, this person, but I had done training with Max Shank. He's a guy, he runs, um, ambition athletics and great guy. I did, um, his, uh, mentoring trip out in Costa Rica. And one of the things that he said to me that really stuck, stuck with me is like, Hey, Rico, this is, this is a business about human connection, right? Like, don't forget that. And that's what, at the end of the day, like, I think that's a hugely important part of this is that how, how do you scale that human connection? I think that's, that's where the magic is, right? How do you make it, make your connection to people much larger and one-on-one -on -one is great. And it's honing my ability to, to communicate. Um, but growing out from that is touching more and more lives and it necessitates like a digital approach to an extent. So how can I make that? human connection in a different medium. Absolutely, man. I, I am super excited to see where things go with this. I think obviously, you, you know, it's a, a fairly new business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even say we've seen the tip of the iceberg. Like I think it's a rip, ripple in the water. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I, 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 I'm, I am truly like, seeing the, the big picture and the potential of it and, you know, hearing, you know, where your partner's strengths are and, and you just, you've come from the background. I think of business first has given you a different lens to where, you know, I need to touch all these things. I need to have a plan with them. I need to know what my risk exposure is. I need to know what my return on investment is and just, just being methodical and knowing like, if I have this stuff in place, I have the work ethic. I want to do it this is going to work. It's just a matter of at what speed and at what scale. Right. Right. And to that end, I would probably say that if, if someone, any of the business owners that are listening to this, like I would say one of your best friends will be, I would say Microsoft Excel, but everyone else is using Google sheets by all means choose a spreadsheet, but <laughs> choose a spreadsheet of your choice. It's been one of the biggest drivers of success within my professional career just being able to see and think it's, it's Excel. The spreadsheet is a vehicle for understanding the process of being able to manage what a spreadsheet is. I think now, yes, that sounds very accounting of me, but be that as it may. Talking like a true accountant. <laughs> right. You know, um, being able to see things in that manner, being able to understand how related 
different pieces of information can be are going to be fundamental to further growth and how you can create unique experiences, whether it's for your staff or for your clientele. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking as someone who lives out of Google Sheets, I'm not offended. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things, but I do, I agree, right? You can, we all have our own biases and yes, you can even program those into a spreadsheet, but in general, numbers don't lie, right? right? We can lie to ourselves. We can tell, you know, there's all different stories, pictures we can paint, but when it comes down to it, when you're looking at numbers on a paper, there, there's a, there's a world of evidence that says that's what matters, right? You right. Can't, we're in a people business. We want to help as many people as we can, but you can't do anything if that number is in the red month after month. So you got to- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a huge aware. What's going to let me be around to help these people? So on that note, last thing before I let you go, where can people find you online, social media, websites, all that jazz, give it to us. So website is www.refinedmuscles.com. Our Instagram is at refined muscles. We did our best to make that as easy as possible with our socials. So, you know, easily find us and um, at any point, info at Refined Muscles is the easiest way to reach out to us for any inquiries and things of that nature. Thank you for avoiding weird combinations of underscores. <laughs> right. It's almost like you use the internet a little bit before you figured this stuff out. <laughs> right. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Man, it has been a pleasure having you on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. You are more than welcome. And to everybody out there listening, uh, if your brain hasn't melted out of your head and you're still there, uh, we appreciate your time too. We love having you spend part of your day with us. We hope you found value in this conversation. If you didn't, rewind it a few times, drink some caffeine, do whatever you're gonna do, get in the zone and dial up your ears, listen again. If you want to hear more episodes, if you love this kind of stuff, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk about your business model, what you're doing, your background, how you are changing lives in your area and running your fitness business, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will reach out to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Michelle Ostermeyer. Michelle, how's it going today? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and kind of get right into this. So first off, um, what is the name of your studio and what is your position there? Yeah, the name of my studio is Spenga and I'm the GM here at Spenga Ann Arbor. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So so give me a little bit of background. So what uh, before we get into the business and the model and everything like that, um, let's talk about you. So what, um, you know, kind of what's your background and what what led you to the position you're in right now? Yeah, so my background, I've been in the yoga and fitness industry now for about eight years. Um, I started, I developed a, um, a, a line. Um, it was called, it's called Bell Yogi for yoga props. Oh, cool. um, we sell, yeah, straps, blocks, and um, meditation cushions right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the pandemic, I started creating online content for YouTube. Um, and that's also under Bell Yogi. Um, but yeah, I've taught yoga, meditation. I've taught strength training, spinning, um, you, you pretty much name it, I've <laughs> taught it, yeah. um, bar, uh, yeah, there is a, a fitness class that, that I used to teach called body art, which is a mixed kind of, of like physical therapy, um, with Tai Chi and, um, like dance. It's, it's a really fun class, okay. um, but yeah, I'm a registered 500 hour yoga teacher. Um, currently or recently just got, certified in a a style of meditation called the Shoka meditation from the Himalayan Institute. Um, I've got my TRX certification, my aerial yoga certification. I do myofascia release and asana. So I do a lot of fitness classes. Um, And then I've had several years of managing um, yoga studios and boutique fitness studios, particularly. So in uh, 2018, Todd and Sherry, the owners here brought me on um, as their GM. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Impressive background there. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. So did you, did you know them or were you, were you looking for a job um, in the industry or how did that work out? Yeah. So um, I was looking for a new job in the industry and um, I'm originally from Toledo, Ohio, um, but I was kind of interested in Ann Arbor. And so I started looking up here and when I came across this job, I was um, just like, this is the perfect mix for me. Um, You get the cardio strength and flexibility. um, And I just got really excited about the position and yep. And yeah, the rest is history. (laughs) There you are. Okay. Well, yeah, give me, um, yeah. So, so let's kind of talk about the, um, talk about the facility there. So yeah. yeah, What kind of model is it? You know, what services do you guys offer? Kind of give me the rundown. Yeah. So Spenga uh, is literally means like spin strength and yoga. It's all put together. That's the thing there. Okay. I see what Um, they did there. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, so we, we, our typical Spenga session is the 2020 format. So we do 20 minutes of spin to get your heart rate up, get that cardio in. We do 20 minutes of strength training um, and then 20 minutes of yoga for that like flexibility, mind body connection piece Mm -hmm. of of wellness. Uh, And yeah, the, the, we really pride ourselves on being, you know, kind of different than everybody else. Um, You get that, um, cardio strength and flexibility all under one roof. Um, we try the, the actually how it came about was the owners or the founders. Um, they were living in Chicago and going to several different studios to meet their fitness needs. Um, yeah. 
and, you know, realize like, why aren't we just, you know, creating one fitness concept that right. has three of the most important elements of fitness. And so that's how Spanga was kind of born. So we typically do the Spanga session and on your, on our schedule, you'll see like Spanga, like that's the session name. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but we also have specialty classes. Like we do like tonight, for instance, I teach uh, 45 minutes of yoga um, and oh, we yeah. just call that revive. So our, each of our three sections is ride, rep and revive. So gotcha. ride is the spin, rep is the strength and revive is the yoga. And okay. so you might see on our schedule, like revive and that's just the yoga or you might see just rep and that's just the strength. We also have combos like rep, revive, strength and yoga type of thing. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, yeah so you guys vary it, right? So it's, it's not always the, the same deal. Correct. Yeah. Majority right. of our schedule is the Spanga session because we yeah. really think that's our specialty. You know, that's our secret sauce, but sure. uh, we also offer those other things too. Other sessions. Okay. That makes sense. Now, um, now as far as the like, pricing goes, is it the same price for, for everything? Or if you get like, say rep and revive, is it, is it a lower price or how does that work out exactly? Yeah. So all the classes count for our memberships. We have memberships and packages, um, but we considered everybody that purchases a member with us. Um, so right. memberships are um, people that have, we have, we have a four times a month membership and eight times a month or an unlimited membership. Mm -hmm. Those are um, monthly auto re auto renewing, you know, monthly recurring um, sure. payments. And then we have 10, 20, 30 class packs. So you, we sell it like this. Um, if you're coming often, you're going to want um, four times, eight times or unlimited. Sure. Uh, most likely the unlimited because we want to yeah. get um, at least more than twice a week. Um, but if you're the person that's traveling a lot, like we're a big commuter town, we're a big student town, you know, we have University of Michigan nearby. Um, so for those people maybe that are traveling or do a bunch of other workouts in the area and only want to come once in a while, we do the 20 and 30 class pack. So okay. the more you buy, the cheaper the session becomes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got it. That makes sense. Now, is, yeah. is there an expiration on that? On yeah, the, the class packages expire in one year. Okay. Okay. So they're, so they're also good for people that are like, have a hard time making commitments, right? Like right, yeah. somebody that's like, ah, maybe has more money that doesn't really care about a deal, but, um, you know, just wants to pay one and done and not like, yeah. they might go through their 10 session pack pretty quickly, but that's just what they like to do. Right. Some, we get some people like that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and that's the thing is you always, I mean, you got to make it easy for people to, I mean, to get there and I mean, make it easy for them to spend money. Right. Like, Right. And, and not, and you're right. Like not everyone is going to want to do the recurring, um, you know, just from what I've seen at my gym too, you know, we've got a similar model to that. I mean, um, like with classes and whatnot. So yeah, some people just want to buy, you know, they, they want to buy 30 sessions and it, it may cost them, you know, a lot more. And, and you're, like you said, like they, they might come 10 times that month, but they might not come again for, you know, two or three months. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you live in Michigan, so there's a lot of people too that leave for the winter, they go South, right? Yeah. So like some of the older um, population here, they'll, they'll leave. Or even in the summer, they go up North, they all have their lake houses up in Lake Michigan. Right. So, right. Um, we get that a lot. So sometimes those are the people that, you know, we, we lean towards maybe a package is best for you. Like we're not trying to sell everybody the unlimited membership. We really sure. try to, you know, cater to what is right for you and your lifestyle. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Total sense. Um, now, what are you guys doing right now to get new people in the door? Yeah. So we work with a couple different um, marketing companies um, mm -hmm. and, you know, 
we, um, they have Facebook ads and Instagram ads and we get their information that way. Yeah. Um, they get their information. We, we, we reach out to them. Um, our CRM is a, um, a software system called Axel. Um, okay. So we, you know, have a big library of all the leads that have ever come, have ever either through our website or through an ad. Mm -hmm. um, best interest and yeah we, we we aggressively reach out we reach out uh, you know we first call them we try to call them within the first five minutes of getting that lead in the in our email um and then we we filter through a call text and email every three days okay good, good. as as it goes out longer it's like every week and then it's every month and then it, so you know we have little buckets our crm is really smart it has little buckets of these leads have been one to three days these leads has been three to six days whatever whatever you know 60 yeah. plus days and the longer it is the the longer it is before we reach out again but in that first week we're reaching out almost every day yeah, um, yeah. just alternating the way we reach out right yeah you got to get them while they're hot right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I heard. I forget the statistic, but there was some something I listened to once that said if you get it within the first five minutes, like the chances of you actually booking them is like seventy percent. And then after that five minutes or three minutes or whatever it was, um, it just goes down dramatically. And so it it's so hard yeah. to get them in sometimes, even though they expressed interest in it. You know, yeah. to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that that's so true. And and yeah, so yeah, and typically that's what we see like on you know inbound leads for sure, like that. You know, and it could be, it could be emotional, right? Yeah. Like, you know, someone could be scrolling on lunch and then they see it like, oh shit, okay, I'm going to do this. Right. And then, yeah. If you don't get them right then, you know, I mean, who knows what, maybe they go back into the office, you know, it's five, five, six hours later then they're like, eh, you know. Right, right. You know, they're feeling like crap after work. Like, yeah, no, I don't want to work out, you know. Yeah. Them. I mean, I feel, I feel this is what's hard with our industry, right? Is yeah. like working out is hard. So we are asking people to pay money to us so that yeah. they can get their butt kicked, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, it takes a certain person to like, want to do that consistently. It's really a, almost a fight with everybody else, you know, trying to like get them to care as much about their fitness as we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. And you know, it's interesting that, you know, people, you know, they all know kind of what they're getting into, you know, when, when it comes to this, but it's like, then they'll back out at the last second and everything. Right. So, um, yeah, it's in just the psychological warfare that goes on with them, you know, as far as all that goes, it's, it's always interesting. And just to see, like, um, you know, for example, some people will, yeah, I could see them trying to make excuses like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to sign up because, you know, I, I don't want to do this monthly. Then it's like, okay, well, that's cool because we have a package. Right. You know, right. Do this. So it's like, and a lot of people, you know, and when it comes to sales and everything, getting people in, I think a lot of people in the industry, you know, especially new people in the industry, you know, if someone gives an objection, they're kind of like, okay, okay. Yeah, I understand. I get it. But a lot of times these people, you know, they're just, a lot of times they're thinking out loud. Right. right? And we have to help them get to the decision, you know, to, to do what's best for them, do what's best for their health. So, you know, we, you know, I've always taught my staff, you know, to, you know, treat objections. It's an opportunity. Right. Yeah. Right? Like you don't have to be aggressive, but just help them think through it. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. We, you know, we have a really good process here that when we weren't, we didn't initially in, uh, initiate this or, act, you know, um, have this in place. 
Um, and, and I really, since we've had it in place, I really can tell a difference in our closing rate. Our closing rate's like 60% right now. And I think it's because of this. So we have our leads that do, you know, express interest say tonight, I want to come in at 4.30 PM class. First of all, we make them, um, it's a free session for your first session, but we make them give us their credit card number and we tell them it's free, but if you don't show up, we charge a $10 fee. Mm. Um, and you know, that helps accountability. Cause every, yeah. when we found when it's free, they'll just like, won't show up, you know, yeah. they have no accountability. There's no, there's nothing holding them to that session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we also have them come 30 minutes early. So when they come early, we have a list of questions that we're asking them. So almost like we're, at, we're trying to um, overcome objections before they even are asked about a membership or, or yeah. offered a membership, right? Yeah, exactly. So that we can cross all those bridges. Like we're showing them our class schedule. We're saying which, which times work for you, circle them. When they circle mm-hmm. a bunch, we're like, great. You know, you have a bunch of options right here. Yeah. You know, so we're already, so it's harder for that person to come out and say, oh, I have to look at my schedule. Well, yeah. you showed us that you can come on Monday and Wednesday, right? So yeah. it's, uh, I don't know. And then we ask about your support system, you know, is your spouse, um, you know, uh, supportive in your fitness goals um and and then again it's harder for them to say like i have to check with my husband right yeah Yeah. Uh, they already kind of told us well your husband is supportive of your fitness goals so i'm sure he would be supportive of your decision in signing up today right yeah for sure sales tactics um but i really think they help people make the commitment they do they do and you know basically yeah it's just and for them you know they're you're kind of you know checking the boxes for them right there so when they get to the end um, you know, when it's time to make the decision, you know, you guys can be like, oh, well, like you said, your husband said this, your husband said that. Okay, well, you said this time is good. And, you know, there's been times where, you know, we've, I've had people, like my staff's never done this, but I don't care to do it. Um, if it comes down, like, well, I'm going to think about it. I'm like, well, can I just, can I be real with you? Like, is it, is it me? Is it something else? <laughs> do you not want to do business with me? Then they're like, oh, oh God, no, no. Yeah. It's not I'm like, because if it's me, just tell me. Right. And usually they're like, no, uh, well, you're right. Okay. Let's just do it. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, and now there have been people that have said, you know, that they've, they've been like, well, I mean, it's not you, but you know, I just don't think that it would be, I don't think that I want to, I want you to teach me in a class because you do something totally different. I'm like, well, cool. Because I don't even teach the classes. So that's my <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of psychology to it for sure with everything. Yeah. Um, now, other than that, so how many how many staff do you guys have right now? You know, we have around 13 um, people on staff right now. It kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say we're on the shorter staff side right now. Okay. Uh, we're kind of stretched thin in, in our desk staffing and in our instructors. So we yeah. actually have four people on um in training right now to be instructors um Mm -hmm. and out of those four maybe a few will work um but we don't we don't know yet until they start training yeah right yeah yeah that's always interesting right yeah when when it comes to that right (laughs) now with um now are you guys open like just during the class times or are you open during the day as well yeah, so we are kind of, I mean, we're, we have classes mainly in the morning and the evening. Um, we've tried to offer personal training during the middle of the day. Um, yeah. We've had a little success with that, but not a great, not as much as we would like. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've kind of talked about the idea of doing like an open gym. We actually were doing that in COVID. So during COVID, we, we really 
had the really unlucky, um, you know, being in Michigan, we were shut down, I think for about six months the first time, and then we got shut down again. So I think total, we were shut down almost like eight or nine months. Um, so like really, uh, that really affected us. But during that time, there was this weird loophole that Michigan did. I think even Chicago did it as well. Might have been another state, um, but we weren't allowed to instruct classes, but we were, we were allowed to have the gym open with the six feet rule and all the rules. So what we did was like an open gym style. So we just yeah. sat at the desk, the instructor sat here and was like, here's what you can do today and showed you a, a piece of paper of like some exercises. Like we, like we would have instructed, but we were like, yeah. if you have any questions, let us know, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was much different. And, you know, we, but we've thought about um, opening up the gym, um, you know, in the middle of the day for just kind of open gym, people that might just want to use our equipment, but yeah, not sure. be led. Um, but we just haven't done that yet. So I don't know if it, maybe that's something we, we do in the future or what, but okay. yeah, we have a huge space in the middle that we're not really doing utilizing right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, in any way you can get new, you know, new revenue in different types of revenue. Um, right. You know, you need, you need the multiple streams, right? Like you don't want to be um, to like totally one dimensional. Right. And, you know, and you guys do offer like a bunch of things, but I mean, yeah, as far as services go, like, yeah, some people may just want to come in and, you know, do their own thing, right? Like during the middle of the day. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I think now with this day and age where we're living in with COVID out there, um, the online stuff is really in demand and it's hard to compete with. Right. Yeah. So I've also been kind of pushing, well, I'm, I'm going to start, um, try to encourage, you know, corporate and Spenga, you know, the founders and the owners to develop more online content for us to offer so that, yeah. um, you know, we don't just offer the sessions that if we have somebody that's like, oh, maybe I want to come once a week, but I really just want to do something at home. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe we could have some kind of content library um, for people to go and you yeah, know, for sure. or pay money to us to have that service. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely options there. Um, you know, we've done that at my gym as far as We've done online libraries, you know, um, like apps, you know, just coaching without all like, yeah, there, there's plenty yeah. of options there. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and so kind of what you're talking about is it's like a hybrid membership. So like you said, they would come to your, your facility maybe once a week and then maybe two other days at home, they would do their own thing, but you guys are still kind of in control of the programming. Correct. Yeah. And they're still yeah. kind of with the Spenga branding, right? They would still be doing the yes. workout that we you would do in in the studio so if they ever do want to come back yeah you know familiar to them right yeah. and it keeps you guys connected too and that right. that's something where you could have it you know to where they you know even it, i mean you could do you could do a live stream if you wanted to but that's not necessary i mean even if you had um like a coach or even someone at the front desk could be checking in with these people right like hey like you said you're going to work out today like how was how was your workout right Mm -hmm. yeah, and just have homework for them so they're still connected and right. you know because that's the biggest thing like you know just like we talked about with the leads um you know getting to the people quick you don't want these people to get home and then feel like they're being you know like you forgot about them right just, yeah uh, yeah, yeah well, the community piece is really important to really um I mean I think we're really good at acknowledging each person that comes in and knowing a little bit about their life and yeah. talking to them. And I think that's also really helpful for like retention of your members. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, yeah and, and culture, you know, culture is huge, right? Like, yeah. like within your staff too. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how that is, but I can feel I can feel you like I'm not into the yoga. I mean, I like yoga and all that, but I feel like you have good energy. Oh, so, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I hope that that trickles down, but you know, it's not always the case. Like, yeah, no, I just listening. Nothing but toward you know what I mean. But I think my staff is really amazing. They they're we're really blessed here. Um, you know, the thing that we could do a little bit better is I think some team bonding. Um experiences and like is in order for 2022 like yeah, um getting us all because we do it's often just one instructor and one desk manager and there's not much overlap between right. each between them so you know they hardly see each other or unless they happen to stop into the same class or whatever so just kind of getting us all uh, a little more glued together is is yeah is the goals here yeah that's good like kind of like water cooler type stuff like you know yeah. just just mingle because right. that, that's how it was with us too so um, you know, so we're an open gym, like we're 18,000 square feet. So a lot of the staff would, you know, everyone's on different shifts, you know, maybe seeing each other between classes, like you just said, but it seemed like it got to the point where we were only, or at least the, you know, the staff, they were only communicating, like if there was a problem or a misunderstanding, right? So it kind of got to where like, oh, well, so-and-so has a problem with their membership or, hey, this happened, we need to fix it. So it kind of got, you know, as far as the conversations went in communication, it kind of got like a negative feel to it just yeah. because the only time there is intentional communication was if there was a problem. Right. But that is one thing that we changed. And I, I saw a difference there, you know, for sure. Even like, you know, weekly staff meetings, um, you know, and, you know, doing little stupid games. Like, I mean, you know, just like kid get like it, it may be cheesy, but you know, I mean, it's an icebreaker. No, I completely agree. And, you know, even um, I had this idea of like, in my next meeting, I'm going to have everybody fill out like, what's your favorite color? You know, how are you motivated best? Uh, yeah. You know, certain questions or like simple things just to, you know, kind of get people talking and also yeah. we'll throw in some things that could actually help us lead them better. Right. Mm -hmm. um, like how, yeah. how motivated best and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and just some little things like, you know, and it doesn't and you have, you know, you can keep it HR compliant, but like, would you rather, you know, right, things like right. that, just like a little yeah. like stakes questions like that. Um, it's always fun. And it, you know, it kind of gets people, it gets them loosened up, you know, and, and I tell the staff, I'm like, look, this may, you may think this is cheesy or whatever, but you know what, we're doing it and you're getting paid for it. <laughs> and we're going to have but, fun. <laughs> yeah, just have fun. Like, yeah, we don't have to talk about, you know, performance right now let's just chill and right you know get some conversation I think, I think when the team is bonded they have more uh they have more responsibility or they have more of a I guess commitment to their yep. job right yep. and then they to each other and 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 that real that really is what trickles down and, and helps every everything work smoothly I think yeah absolutely so we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast here so um you know I always like to ask people and I don't know if you have goals in mind, like that, that you set for yourself or like the owners have set, but uh, maybe just as, as a studio, like what does growth look like for you guys, like in the next year? Well, increasing memberships, like our membership yeah. count. Um, I also want to focus a lot on increasing retention. So like I, like mentioned, like we were saying with staff, I also want to do that with our members, like more member appreciation nights, more things that can make them 
just to feel included and like maybe make some friends. And so when they make friends, they're more likely to stick around, they are. And, yeah. you know, feel accountable here. So, um, so yeah, increase retention, increase our membership rates, increase our team morale. And I think, I think we'll be golden. All right. Well, perfect. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, for sure. Hope you had a good time and uh, it was a good conversation and I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.